We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from a land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. I want you to stay tuned as we bring you the Word of God today and uh, a song by a man, Joe Linton, and he's going to be singing, When Thou Walkest By the Way, Jesus will be right there with you. And uh, so we've got some good things coming up today, so stay tuned. in the sky I'll deed thee in the high place I'll bring down Julian can you hear I will make the darkness light before thee what is wrong I'll make it right before thee and all my battles I will fight before thee in the high place I'll bring down Let's 
Sometimes I get thinking about the wonderful promises of God and, and how powerful and how great God is. It just thrills me, and uh, I get excited just thinking about it. In the 40th chapter of the book of Isaiah, listen to this. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably unto Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, 
The flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, thou bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold your the Lord will come with strong hand. His arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him. His work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. And then he goes on talking about more of the greatness of our God. But I want you to think about these promises. And when thou walkest by the way, he'll lead thee. Listen to what he said in the 35th chapter of the book of Isaiah. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands. Confirm the feeble knees. Say unto them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense, and he will come and save you. In other words, whatever you're going through, think about it. God will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass, reeds, and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and a way. Thank God for that, that Jesus said, I am the way. A highway shall be there and a way. The way of holiness is what it shall be called. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. The wayfaring man, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Oh, the magnificent, wonderful promises of God. If we just turn to him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength, and seek the true and the living God, think about the greatness of this God that we serve. And I think about in the fourth chapter of the book of Luke. Let's turn over there for just a moment. And... Jesus had come on the scene. That's what these prophecies was all about. It was talking about the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, what he was going to do, and he came and fulfilled every bit of it. What a great and wonderful thing it was, the birth of Jesus, and then they make 
all this today with, and include all these lies, and it's just so ridiculous, the stuff that I hear. But if they would just preach how great and how wonderful it was whenever the Almighty God came down and robed himself in flesh, born in a, uh, as a little child and raised and uh, grew up and went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed by the devil and finally went to Calvary and paid the penalty for us that we might have eternal life, that we might be going into eternity, amen, and live forever in the presence of this great and wonderful God. What a great story that is. In the fourth chapter of the book of Luke, Jesus, whenever he started his ministry, he came in one day and uh, to the temple. And uh, when he got there, uh, there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book and gave it again unto the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him. And he began to say unto them, This day the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. What a powerful, powerful moment that was. That here, after all that period of time, being under oppression from the different kingdoms that stood, Babylon, the Medes, the Persians, the Greeks, and finally Rome, and uh, here they're under that oppression, waiting for the day, hoping for the day that Messiah would come. And here he comes into their presence, and those scriptures that was mentioned back there in Isaiah was being fulfilled if they could only have seen it. And yet he came to his own, and his own received him not, but to as many as did receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Think about that. And here this day he walks into the church, so to speak, or the temple, and uh, he gets the book and he begins to read and he picks that passage of Scripture. Why? Because the moment was there. That very moment, that Scripture was being fulfilled in their ears and before their eyes. And yet, some of them still couldn't believe and couldn't understand. He went out of there, and uh, we know that he did exactly what that Scripture said that he would do. He, and he was the one that the Spirit of the Lord was upon. Whenever he got baptized by John, we read the story how the, the heaven opened and a dove came down. Amen. It was uh, uh, likened as a dove, but it was actually the Spirit of God. And God filled that temple, amen, with his power and with his presence at that moment. And when from that moment then, Jesus walked around. The Spirit of the Almighty God was in him, and he went about uh, the Bible said, doing good and healing all that was oppressed by the devil. In the 8th chapter of the book of Luke, you can read a little bit, uh, some of the things that he did. 
and uh, he had went over to the other side. It, uh, uh, he told his disciples, let's cross over to the other side. And, and uh, he got into the ship with his disciples and let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. And um, as, he sailed, as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came a storm of wind upon the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and spake to him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he saith unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, uh, and they obey him. And then he gets over to the other side of the, the lake, and he finds there a certain man which had devils a long time. And uh, he was naked, he didn't have no clothes on, he didn't abide in any house, but just wandered in the tombs. And whenever he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice, said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. These are those spirits that's crying out. And uh, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oft times he had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and with fetters, and he would break the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, he said, what's your name? And he said, Legion, because many devils was entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And uh, there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that they would suffer, that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he said, okay, he suffered them. And when the devils went out of a man and entered into the swine, the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. And when they had fed them, and when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. And uh, we find out that you would have thought that the multitudes would have come out wanting healed, delivered, and helped, and, and things like that. And uh, But it was just the opposite. And uh, we find out that they actually asked, uh, wanted him to leave, get out of their country. It had cost them something, and they was afraid. But uh, there was others then that realized the power of Jesus, and as he had left and was on his way, we find out that he had raised the dead. A woman was healed just by the touch of his garment, and there was all kind of things begin to happen, and because Jesus came to fulfill all his promises that he made back there in Isaiah, and he was the great and magnificent power of the living God, and he was in this body of flesh. But, you know, he wasn't done yet. He wasn't done yet. After he would, had done all those wonderful, wonderful things, they turned on him, they crucified him, they wanted him dead, they wanted him out of the way, and it's hard to even understand thinking like that. But whenever they put him in that, had, had crucified him, put him in the tomb, there was a three-day period, and 
The Bible lets us know what happened after three days, but I want you to see something else in the Word of God. We're talking about a great and a mighty God. In First Peter, the third chapter, and about verse 18. Now, this is, has to be in that period of time when he was in the tomb. I believe it was that period right there. Uh, all, well, he's dead. He's gone. No, God wasn't finished. God was still doing things. And while they thought they was guarding the tomb and thought that he was out of the way, God was still doing things. Now watch this in First Peter, the third chapter and verse 18. For Christ also he hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison which sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. I want you to know when Jesus came out of that tomb, Amen. It was a little different. He went in there. He was put to death in the flesh, in the flesh. But by the Spirit, he was quickened by the Spirit, which also, in other words, by the Spirit, he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. When he came out of the tomb on the third day, we know that some of the disciples met him, different ones, and finally he appeared to them over a period of time. The book of Acts said he was seen of many for 40 days. He went about preaching, speaking of the things pertaining to uh, the kingdom of God. And when he, by the Holy Ghost, now that's what I want you to see. It was by the Holy Ghost he went and preached to the spirits in prison. It was by the Holy Ghost. Whenever he was resurrected, he was no longer of the flesh, even though once the scripture said we knew him after the flesh, but now we don't know him that way anymore. Not after the flesh. The flesh period was over and he come out of that tomb by the spirit of God. Amen. Now you say, well, he had a body. Well, he had a body when he met Abraham, and yet it was the almighty God, the spirit of God came down and took upon a body and met Abraham. He had a body when he wrestled with Jacob. And so there's evidence in the Word of God. He had a body when he walked in the garden in the cool of the day. But it wasn't that flesh. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. Jesus came preaching after the resurrection about the kingdom of God. There's a great mystery here about the great God that we serve. And then it wasn't over yet. He went away and sent back that same spirit Amen. The same Holy Ghost. And on the day of Pentecost in the second chapter of Acts, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And what is so wonderful and fantastic about that is whenever he sent back the Holy Ghost then, he had a brand new body. What are you talking about, Brother Boyd? I'm talking about what the Scripture teaches in Colossians, the first chapter, and about... Uh, Let's see, let's go to verse uh, 17. He said, and he is before all things, and by him all 
things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So he is the head of the church, uh, uh, head of the body, the church. And now we drop over here to verse 22. In his body of his flesh through death, now that was what he uh, suffered. Let's read verse 21. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. He died in the flesh, the body of flesh. Now he went on here and he said, If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, wherefore I, Paul, am made a minister who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Now the church is his body. He was in a body of flesh, but now the church is his body. Ephesians 1, if you want to turn there, amen, it confirms the very thing that I'm saying. He says here in uh, Ephesians 1 and verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and all. All right, I see our time is slipping away again, and it goes so quickly we get into the Word of God, but isn't it wonderful? The mighty God, what He has done, He came down and lived among us and then went away and now chosen the church, the people of God, to be His body so He can dwell in us, walk with us, live in us. We can be His uh, people and and he is our God. What a wonderful experience that is. All right. At this time, we're going to have a song now, an instrumental from Brother John Prinky. And he's going to be uh, picking on the guitar here, I Saw the Light.
been listening to the Apostle and Prophet.